Welcome to Your Expansive Self Podcast with myself, Tasha Credle. I'm a deep inner healing and self-expansion coach, breathwork and meditation teacher, and a passionate student of life itself. My goal is to share with you all that I can to ultimately help you become and embody your highest self in every aspect of your life. We dive deep into expansive conversations about self-healing, conscious business, relationships, and even ancient practices, fully combining the science with the spiritual. No BS, no filter, sharing from my heart to yours with integrity, love, and wisdom. I am so honored and excited to have you here with me, so let's get started. Hello, my beautiful sunshines, and welcome back to the podcast, Your Expansive Self. I'm really excited for today. Well, obviously, you clicked on it because you probably listened to the part one already, but this is the part two of healing my relationship with my mom, and it's it, there's a lot that was spoken about in this space where we talked a little bit about our past, where she has been, where I have been, the transition together, um, you know, where we're going in the future and also how, you know, our relationship wasn't always good, you know, and I think there's a lot of people that forget that that's an aspect because they just look at us being happily, like happily, I was going to say engaged, funny enough. I mean, I guess it is a kind of a type of engagement. It's a, it's a commitment to making the relationship grow, but we're just talking a lot about family and healing and love and expansion and growth and the energy that can bump heads between that space too. And yeah, so we're just talking a lot about our experience and her experience with her own relationship with her mom. And there's just a lot of golden nuggets in here in terms of family and healing yourself and your own family um, in that space. So I hope you guys enjoy. I didn't feel called to share more of an, a longer intro. Um, the, the podcast itself speaks uh, for it, but I really do hope that you guys take from this episode that is deep and open and vulnerable and yeah so enjoy my loves hello mother hello beautiful daughter <laughs> so it's really funny because right now I'm upstairs on my laptop and mom is downstairs on her laptop because I don't have a microphone yet that I can have um that we can talk to together at the same time because we're both using our earphones for zoom as a recording so anyways here we are part two um for the podcast today and this is all about I mean, honestly, I don't even know what's going to show up. It's going to be what it's going to be kind of thing. And it's just really to talk about, fuck, we've been through so much, you know, we've been through so much growth, so much healing, so much, what I want to say actually is, is grieving, a lot of grieving for what we haven't gone through, what we have gone through, what was, what wasn't. There's been so much that I feel like it's not even you know, since I guess we became more conscious 
about, I don't know, oh my God, six years ago now? Six? How long? Yeah. Yeah. But that, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's um, really funny because we had, we kind of came seven. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting because we both started this type of journey. I mean, obviously you were the trigger, but there was also my own trigger to start the work in a different way. And then it just merged the both of us at the perfect divine timing. And I think it's, you know, we have the ability as a mother daughter to not only heal our own family lineage, but also provide to other people, other women, other men, even just people who have their relationship with their father, son, daughter, mother, mother, son, whatever it is, this relationship of parent child that I think, you know, it has been part of our duty almost of doing the work and noticing how, how we can merge both in a conscious, loving, accepting, forgiving way. And it's like, I came to LA, I already, you know, told my audience if they listened to my podcast, like a couple of podcasts ago, I said that I was in LA um, now and I've been here for three weeks and it's been amazing, but it's also been extremely challenging for the both of us. And it's so funny because we've, we've done so much work prior, right? So it's just like, we didn't even expect to get hit with so much. So really want to come today um, on this podcast, on this episode with the intention of just bringing more clarity and guidance and sharing our story so that we can help whoever we need to help to whatever, for whatever reason, you know, I just trust that the divine and spirit, whatever it is that we believe in that is, is completely guiding us at this point, because I feel like it's, it's to that extent. So for whoever doesn't know, I guess you can give like a small background as to who you are, but like, we don't need to go in full detail of it either. You know, this is not like a formal kind of, my name is Santana. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yes. But like, maybe just like a, a little you know, how do you feel from everything that I have said right now? You know, uh, like where, what would you like to, I guess, start your energy with as to mm. the way that I just started with this podcast? Cause I already feel like it's not going to be the typical podcast today. So I'm not, I'm not scripting shit like at all. Perfect. Perfect. We don't like scripts and I don't do no, well we with don't. scripts. So neither do I. Yeah, I feel, I feel incredibly honored to be able to do this with you, even though it's been so challenging in the last three weeks. Um, I'm so, I'm, I feel so uh, privileged to be able to be on this journey with you and with Nikita, who hasn't fully uh, participated in this, but Nikita mm -hmm. is being your sister, um, my mom. So this is the lineage, right, of women in our mm -hmm. family. Um, you and I decided to, you know, go a few steps beyond um, mm -hmm. to really go deeper into what we felt we wanted to explore because we want to have uh, a relationship that is not um, blocked. And we both felt like there were blocks, you know, mm -hmm. unintentional blocks, but nonetheless, they were blocks. Um, so who am I? I'm your mom. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have, <laughs> right? I, my don't name laugh. is Tatiana Judiez. We don't have the same last name um, because 
we got divorced about 14 years ago as I was building a business in Montreal. Um, that business was really a very big turning point in our lives, not only for Natasha, for you, as a, a little girl, when I started this business, you were seven years old. And as a matter of fact, this business was such a turning point, not only in my life to allow me to explore who I am besides being a wife and a mother, um, which was really what I had focused upon up until that, that point. It allowed us to also, um, you know, uh, to explore as a family, to explore in so many different ways. And explore doesn't mean that it's only on good levels, right? Uh, meaning it doesn't just create good outcomes. Um, explore means also that uh, this, this business ignited a divorce um, for reasons that are personal to our family. Nonetheless, it did ignite it and it ignited also pain for you um, which was actually, we found out through this journey that it was the starting point of the resentment and some of the anger and sadness and all the feelings you were experiencing um, towards me that you weren't fully conscious of, right? Mm -mm. And so this business lasted until it, I had it for like 15 years. It was, an, um, it, it was truly... Um, like I said, it was a truly a turning point in my life. Um, it was a very successful business. It was, it was all that, you know, success from, from what most people, you know, um, determine it is, it was, it was that, except that in the end, after 15 years, I discovered that I was seeking a different meaning for success. And that's how I decided to look into that. And as I started to look into that in 2013, then I, I, I discovered that success wasn't that, that I was disconnected from what I thought success was, success, disconnected from my feminine um, essence, disconnected from my, you know, from, from so many things in my life. And that's when our journey started in terms of a spiritual venture because I started opening up and really consciously wanting to, to open up. And I was super ripe for the opening. I was, um, and I was telling you the story the other day, which was really funny, is when I first started to open up, it was at, at a, uh, an event with Tony Robbins, which I find you know funny because most people wouldn't consider a spiritual opening to be linked to Tony Robbins, right? Mm -hmm. But it was about unconditional love. And at the beginning of me oh, yeah. hearing this unconditional love concept, I was so pissed off. I was like, what, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, seriously? Un un unconditional love. What does that even mean? Does anybody really exist. have <laughs> unconditional love? Does it even exist? Everybody wants something. You know, it yeah. had been... I had lived it, I guess, with so many conditions all my life. I just, there was a part of me that was like, wow, how could I have missed that? And another part of me was like, really? Like that exists? So that was the beginning of, of our journey. And I was very conscious then that whatever would change in me would then change my energy, change my vibration. And as a result, we as a unit would 
change and it would have an impact and a lasting effect on you. But did you, like, I remember when you started, so it's two points that's coming up for me right now, which is really interesting. I find like, it's a really good point to kind of remind people that, you know, you can experience this cracked open enlightened spiritual kind of activation in so many different ways. Like Mm -hmm. you don't need to like literally like go to India and like be cracked open and be like, I'm spiritual. Like that doesn't, first of all, we're all spiritual. It doesn't matter if you Mm -hmm. choose to use this lifetime as an embodiment of that spirituality um, and, and harnessing that energy. And also like, there's a lot of people that are you know, my friend Mick actually was telling me that mom knows Mick and Mick is coming on the podcast on Wednesday. Um, and we were talking about this like LA vibe that, that spirituality is such a trend. And he's like, yeah, but if it's a trend and if it gets people in and then they get like the seed planted, like they think they're spiritual and then something happens for them to actually create that, that opening, then fuck it. Why not? You know? And it's like, yeah, it's true. And so it's the same thing with Tony Robbins. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people, I loved how that was your own kind of crack, you know, because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I find it comes in so many different ways and, and we don't talk about the difference. Enough. That's it. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I love your point. It comes in so many different ways. And, and generally the cracking open will come through a pain point, right? Because yeah, that's how it calls for our attention. So my pain point at the time was that I felt really disconnected from what everybody was telling me, labeling me with, oh, Tatiana is so successful. I used to like literally, literally turn around and go, who are they talking about? So successful. I don't feel successful. But you were like, you were like a a boss ass bitch, mom. Like I remember (laughs) you with like, with like your little like like heels and like your BMW and your life is all in charge and you're paying whatever you want. Like I, I remember viewing you like, I mean, I had a certain view the first decade of my life. And then as we were kind of like evolving, like everything changed so quickly where I was like, you're, everybody was telling me like, your mom is such like a boss lady. And I'm like, I know. And <laughs> it was so funny because it's like now looking back at it, it's such a masculine vibe, you know, but you look right. so feminine because that is your yeah. core nature. Yeah, it is. Feminine, yeah. This yeah. feminine and I, so. and I, and I ran it in a way that was actually quite feminine. I ran it mm-hmm. as a home. My, you know, my staff used to say, Oh, I'm coming home. Um, coming to the office. You know, I brought <laughs> the dogs over when we decided to have a dog, I brought the dog over. It became a dog friendly office. Like yeah. my, my core essence um, you know, of the feminine, uh, of the feminine self got a little bit, you know, pushed in the background within me because I was taking my responsibility super seriously, not only as a mother, as a single mother, you know, this, as I discovered at that Tony Robbins event, I discovered that that this business had become an identity for me. Mm-hmm. And and vice versa, right? And, and I was afraid to let it go because I was afraid to, to let the financial blanket go. I thought, well, if I let this go, you know, my responsibilities as a single mom are very dear to me. Like that's my role as a mom has always been something really huge for me. And it doesn't mean that I've always done it like super well. I've done it to the best of my abilities, to the best, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I, the best tools I had. And 
so the core essence of, of the feminine took a little bit of a step back because I didn't know how to access it, but I was running the business in a, in a, in a very um, feminine and masculine way. Mm. Um, there were things I would change today for sure. And yeah, yeah and it was, yeah, it's hindsight, right? And I loved yeah. that business. It was just something that allowed me to really explore. Yeah, completely. Um, so let's get back <laughs> on yes. track because we're right. not here to talk about business. No, um, but it was, it was interesting. We were talking about pain points and that's yes. how the, yeah. the, the disconnect pain point came to me. And that's how I was, I, I cracked open because I, I really yeah. realized that my life was very conditional. So this is actually my second, thank you for saying that because it reminded me of my second point that I completely forgot about. So again, using that, that, that example of people crack open in so many different ways and everybody is going to have their own unique type of awakening and it's not always the same. And it's actually really funny because a lot of people experience an awakening. They think that's the awakening and then that's not the awakening till like later. And then they're like, oh, this is the awakening kind of thing. Um, anyways, that, so besides that point. I think that no matter what, and I, and I know you know this and feel the same about this um, subject or topic or analogy is that, or I guess reality and truth, to be honest, but no matter what, there's like, whatever you go through in your life, whatever you have done or haven't done or whatever as an individual, it's already set in stone even before you were born. And I'm saying this because everything that has happened before you start this business, meeting dad, having us, starting the business, meeting that person who allowed you to come into the Tony Robbins, like everything was already divinely planned. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because it's so, it's so true when you hear again, the, the, the sentence or the quote, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. (laughs) <laughs> there is like, like, like yeah. it's already, I had stone. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing I find between the two of us. Like if I really look back at ev- like where we're at today, I don't think I've even imagined it to be true. Mm-hmm. Like I know yeah. we were always close, but like, this is like next level. Mm-hmm. Like there's obviously a reason why we're here mm-hmm. doing this work together, doing mm-hmm. the same type of work in different aspects mm-hmm. and i wouldn't mm-hmm. say industry because it's it's the same industry mm-hmm. but mom's also a coach so she's doing her her own thing and i'm doing my own thing but yet it's the same field and here we are right here right now talking on this podcast about how we feel our relationship so let's dive a little bit deeper mm-hmm. into that and mm-hmm. i don't want to i don't want to like it's funny because i'm saying let's dive deeper but i don't want to go too far in it where it's mm-hmm. like um you know i don't want to we can talk about the past and how it's been and I'll, I'll start and you know, yeah. you can yeah, yeah, go put ahead. your two cents into it. But from what I remember anyways, any, like I, since the day I was born, you know, like I, your dad, my grandfather, which I have spoken about on my podcast before um, he was dying. And I think he, him and I have always had a very, very, very strong connection, no matter what, like I feel him all the time. I used to see him all the time speak to him <laughs> when I was a kid used to scare the shit out of my parents um and yes literally <laughs> literally 
Do you want to explain that story? Because oh my I god, yeah, good. quick, quick story. Not, so, not, so, yeah, so, it's, yeah. Story. so my, so my dad passes when you're about two months old. You were just mm-hmm. born. My, my mom calls me and says it's the end. And on top of that, the way he, like, the reason why he passed is correlated to such an extraordinary story of his life oh my God. right uh linked i've to the said vietnam- it actually i mentioned the story really so correlated yeah, to the vietnam war where he his leg got blown up because his buddy is like making himself blown up on a grenade and he's holding his hand and and they want to cut his leg and my dad fights him fights them out gets kicked out of the hospital basically got got thrown up thrown back into france flown back to France where they save his leg, but unfortunately they saved his leg by actually introducing a contrast product, radioactive contrast product to see if the blood is flowing well. And that product is what concentrated in his body and gave him 40 some years later, a cancer that could never go away because it was radioactivity in his body. So the man is a hero in, in our eyes, um, entrepreneur, passionate, intense. And we, 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 have so much conscious conscious so much of uh, i mean he was into microbiotics um you know eating healing with your hands yeah remember uh, i found those books in france right yes and like uh, astral projection healing yeah yeah. oh he made my mom um uh, get off coffee carrots meat no not coffee and carrots sorry coffee alcohol um and meat before six months before they conceived me just so that she would be a pure body. <laughs> I mean, he of had course. principles, right? And uh, just a really in, in eccentric individual um, man who really went for his passion, right? Anyways, so so we he's sick and we get I get the call and we decide to literally pick up and go within 24 hours. You are two months old, obviously you're going to come with me. I'm breastfeeding you and your sister. Unfortunately, um, we left her behind because we were thinking this would be a traumatic kind of trip really quick. Anyways, bottom line is we get to France and he waits for us to die. He um, has a chance to see you in my arms and touch you. And we, we shed a few tears and he passes. Fast forward two years, um, Natasha is constantly looking at his pictures and calling him, Papshu, Papshu, Papshu. We called him Papshu, Papshu, Papshu. And we're like, okay, we get that you'll like him, but the guy is dead, like, <laughs> you know? And so, but of course we would tell her stories because we wanted him, he was still very present with us. And so we are um, uh, in France and you and your sister are sleeping uh, uh, in, the, in my room, what used to be my room. And I, the, there was a, um, a, a window in the ceiling, you know, those slanted windows in that room, right? And it starts to rain. And so I decide to go up the stairs to close the window because the rain is going to fall on you. And mm-hmm. as I'm going up the stairs, I keep... I would always, since he had passed, I would always talk to him and say, don't you dare scare me because if you scare me, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready to see you. I know you're here with us, but I'm just not ready to connect in that way. So don't you freaking dare to scare me. I'm going up the stairs. I get into the room 
and I'm tiptoeing. It's dark. Like you can't see me. But sure enough, Miss, Miss Babel here who just <laughs> talked, the first thing she could do, you know, was talk. And she's two years old and she's, ba she's basically saying to me, mommy, don't be scared. I'm like, what is she talking about? She can't even see my face. It's dark. She's like, it's okay. You know, Pachu is not going to scare you. He knows. And I'm like, what the fuck? What <laughs> if? I'm like, oh my God, is that, I mean, I have still shivers talking about this story because I closed the door, the, the window and I'm like, like devil it's, child, it's okay. Go back the same. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. Um, I'm not scared. Here I am pretending, completely <laughs> pretending. And um, she's like, mommy, it's okay. Don't be scared. You know, it's like she's <laughs> trying to convince me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> Just bye. go back down the stairs. Like, and, I, and your dad was there and my mom was there. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God, you don't know what just happened, you know? <laughs> I knew at that point that you had been in touch with him, that you were having conversations. So it's a really funny story. So, yeah, and I remember, I remember being in France, like, uh, side note, I don't know if people know, but uh, we, you know, you're from France or mm -hmm. whatever. We're not going to go into yeah. the whole story, but yeah. we have a house in France and it's our family home and, and we've been there every summer since I'm born. So like we have family there. I've been to school there. Um, and I remember just like being in his office and like obsessing with his smell, obsessing with his clothes, obsessing with his notes and his books and his every, everything about him. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. I can't not get enough. Mm -hmm. um, but moving forward, you know, at wherever we're at with this, this whole yeah. thing, um, I remember our, my childhood being really good. You know, I, I, but it's really funny because I always tell people, and especially my, my students or clients, whatever, I don't even know what to call them anymore, but um, Your audience. my audience, well, yeah, but like, you know, like my actual one-on-one -on -one clients, like yeah. the ones I've been working for, whatever. My point is, is like anybody who tells me like your relation, your childhood has been great. It's a red flag because it means you don't remember anything. Um, and it basically means that you're suppressing things that have happened because it has happened to everybody. So I definitely feel like growing up, there was, you know, definitely certain things that happened. And as we had just found out that I just talked about my last podcast about when I was seven years old, that was a pretty big moment for me um, that I completely did not even think much of because I didn't realize that it was that time. I thought, you know, the big thing was the divorce the whole time. And I, and I remember because the divorce time in my life, I was 11 or 12. And I remember having shingles and shingles is, um, a disease that's, uh, that's related to, uh, chicken pox and it attacks your nervous system. It's basically when your body goes under too much stress. So I just assumed that was it kind of thing. I didn't realize that it was from before as well. And it's been really interesting to just even grow up, you know, like after 12, like I was definitely very angry. There was a lot of anger towards, I thought again, was just dad. Um, I know it was towards you too, but like, I didn't know to what extent. And I mean, like overall, I think we had a pretty good relationship, you know, you and I, like from that, from the divorce on afterwards, I just, I think there was a lot of change in general. Um, I don't even know how to like start about all this, but I guess what we can just tap into is that, you know, we've done a lot of healing work since we kind of both cracked up, cracked open, cracked up. Ha -ha. Um, <laughs> but as we have cracked open, mm -hmm. 
Oh, can you hear me, Mom? Yeah, I can. Oh, no, we froze. Oh, I can hear you. I'm going to turn off. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, so, I'm going to turn okay, off. You're good. You're good. It's, you're good. It's okay. 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 Did Can you hear me? Yeah, I turned off my okay. phone. Okay. Um, you know how I knew you were frozen? Because <laughs> I said cracked up and I was like, haha, I meant cracked open and there was no reciprocation of laughter of my joke. <laughs> and I was totally <laughs> was cracking like, up on my own. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay. <laughs> you know me. Because I just knew. I was like, for sure she's going to laugh at this. Of course. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways. That's funny. So, at that moment of cracking open, you know, uh, I don't even remember exactly what has happened or what hasn't happened, but I definitely remember that there was def like a lot of um, conflict in the sense of, you know, we're doing our own individual work. And I think we were so in our own worlds of doing our own work that it almost clashed at certain points. Cause it's like, I'm here. No, I'm here. No, I'm here. No, I'm here. And I think the biggest change really happened. I mean, I honestly, uh, well, when you started traveling, which was what, four or five years ago, five years ago. Um, and yeah, five years, yeah, ago. five years ago. And I was moved out and we had the dog, we had Nala and you had asked me to come back. And I also wanted to come back. Like it made no sense to keep coming back for like two weeks on end and then go back to my apartment and then come back again. Like there was, it was just useless. So I, I moved back home um, to just be there and assist you in your, and I, I honestly, like, I remember not feeling any resentment towards that. It's almost like I knew I was like, she needs this. Like, I remember being like, okay, she's going to be gone for a long time. I'm home alone, but that's fine. Like I'm, I'm in for this right now. Like, this is what she needs. And it was perfect timing with everything. And I think the biggest, what, what, what is the biggest change you think that we have, or like the catalyst, another catalyst moment? I think it's when we sold the house, to be honest. That's what I feel. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so there are many. So we, we touched on the, the event, Tony Robbins, and then that led us to about two years after that, or about a year after that, uh, when in 2015, I sold the company and I decided to immerse myself into that world of explore the world <clears throat> of coaching and, and travel the world so that I could really live with another mindset. That was really my intention and, and meet incredible people around the world. So, so I would each time come back a little bit more cracked open and a little bit more... Um, a little bit different with my my energy and my inner space and i started to understand you know more things and then we decided to i decided to sell the house which was a year after that actually 15 16 about two years after that so um we in the process of 2015 uh, when I traveled a lot and you were by yourself at home, I think it also gave you the space to be 
um, at home on your own without me, which I think you grew from. I was a way I grew when I was, you know, um, immersed in all of that and doing a lot of retreats and cracking myself even more open. In the process of moving towards the sale of our home, it was uh, a decision to, to move to California. And, and a lot of, you know, I remember feeling a little bit of guilt towards that. And I think that there was, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, I say a little bit because I knew that I really needed to do this for myself and you were both grown up. And I also wanted to put my, um, it's an expression. I don't know. it, It comes to me, put my money where my mouth is in terms of, in terms of, you know, having integrity in the things that I had always told you to really follow your heart, really follow, you know, what makes you feel good in life. And Mm -hmm. so I really want, I, I was called to come to California. So that's when we, we sold the house and I applied for my visa, got an apartment. We set up the apartment together. Uh, We moved together we set up the apartment together and you were going to stay there for a year and a half in, in that apartment. Um, that I think no, you're actually, right. I was, I was going to school. I was supposed to stay there for five years. No, but the, well, okay. The, the apartment that I took after the, um, the we sold the house, I took it. Yeah. We oh, had I guess lease. it was like temporary, but I was playing, yeah. I was going to school. So I was planning right. to stay there right. for, yeah. yeah five years like it's not right. like I was coming right after but no 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 yeah I was referring to the uh, to the space so so what happened I'm not sure exactly um I think that we you know we kind of were moving in parallel directions um side by side and mm-hmm. experiencing it I feel maybe you see it differently but experiencing um, a lot of changes, which brought a lot of friction at times. Yeah, that's between okay, us. So same thing. I was saying just different language, as again we right. keep saying all the time lately, which is really funny. Yeah, we mirror each other a lot. <laughs> no, really? Oh my yeah. goodness! I yeah. have no idea. Um, um, yeah. So, so can, I, can I just jump in because yeah. I, I think like I'm feeling. Um, we, I mean, we both know how I work with this kind of stuff, but it's just kind of like downloads are just coming yeah. through. So. Um, what I'm feeling right now is just kind of asking you questions because I, I go a big thing that, um, and it's, it's almost like fire questions that I'm hearing. So, um, how has it impacted you apart from the guilt of choosing you over our needs when it came to shifting your life? That was a big deal for me because I had worked my entire life to figure that out and to understand what that means. Mm-hmm. And it impacted me in that I felt like not only was I in my integrity because I was following my heart and I was following my calling and it, um, it, made me feel very empowered with my life. And also, I really wanted to leave you a legacy that um, is very important to me that 
would model you choosing you for your life in order for you to really develop strength and 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 inner power from always returning home always returning to you mm-hmm. does that you answer your like, question yes yes do you feel like you would have been able to do this without being a conscious parent because a lot of the times let me let me rephrase that question Mm -hmm. though a little bit because Mm -hmm. a lot of times I get the message on Instagram of oh you're so lucky that your that your parents con that is your parent is conscious and what I often tell people is that no matter what like this we've experienced firsthand how much it changes our own dynamic our own energy as a as a relationship if one of us is doing the work so that's what I often talk about. I don't know if people actually believe me because they haven't yet experienced it. And I think a lot of the times it's a block that they don't believe it's going to work or it's going to happen because they're so set in stone of like my parents like this and it's never going to change. Right. Um, you know, did I grow up hoping that you were going to be conscious? No, I didn't even know what it meant. You know, did I, I hope that yeah. one day you were going to like realize like, like, no, but I knew that at the end of the day, what you had taught me no matter what, and especially after the divorce was take care of yourself. And just like you at the same time, it's like, we were both trying to figure out to what depth that even meant. Because I don't think people even understand. I didn't, we didn't, you didn't. We don't get what that even means of taking care of ourselves. It's not just eating well. It's not just taking a bath. It's not just, you know, putting on makeup and taking yourself out for dinner. It's Mm -hmm. literally choosing you before Mm -hmm. anybody else. And Mm -hmm. I think that was the biggest gift that you have given yourself because look at where it has brought us in the long run, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And what would your tips be for someone? And it's funny because it's completely related to you and your relationship with your mom. So my own grandmother, um, don't know if she'll listen to this, probably not, but anyways, um, (laughs) we love her to death. We do. Um, We really do. But my question is, how do you handle, and maybe we can tap into your Wachuma experience now, which Mm -hmm. you have done a couple days after um, me when I did my own experience uh, with Wachuma. So how can you, how did you deal with that, I guess, acceptance of you may never be able to fully heal the relationship you want with your own mother, mm-hmm. the way that you want it to be healed, right? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes too, we have like an image of it being healed a certain way. And maybe it's not happening the way that it's divinely planned to happen because it's mm-hmm. not meant to happen. Mm-hmm. But Tell us about your experience and what showed up for you during Wachuma. Mm. Um, so my, my relationship with my mom is, is now today full of acceptance for um, what is. That level of acceptance took me freaking years and years and years, my entire life, basically. I had, you know, I had anorexia and bulimia when I was 15 to 22. Um, It's been a very long, long road to heal. And yet I took responsibility to 
expand to um, to grow. And I was told very early on within the spiritual world that once you start doing the work, if you are the one who is the more conscious one or more enlightened one, whichever word you want to use and you're comfortable with, then it is your responsibility to continue um, taking that space and that work very seriously because that work, that space you create, your energy you, you elevate by doing this work will elevate people around you. No, it's not even a question of having words to talk about any subject. It's the frequency that emanates from you will change people around you. So that mm -hmm. number one is something that once I started really diving into this inner work, I started to understand and I, I knew my mom wouldn't fully be on board to do this work with me. So I worked on detachment. I worked on acceptance for the for years and years and years. And in the last six months, I've worked specifically on detachment due to some of my personal relationship on intimately with the man in my life. And that actually, that work really helped me be in a, at a point in my life where I could be next to you and hear you tell me what you needed to tell me in order to move beyond the pain, suffering, and hurt, resentment, whatever you were feeling. Mm -hmm. I had this space for you. I could listen to you without feeling guilty, actually, which was huge mm -hmm. for me because mm -hmm. I felt guilty my entire life. And, and not get into, not get like in between the space that you needed and you to bring my story or to bring my blind spots or my crap or whatever it was. And so I was incredibly touched. I, and you remember that, um, when I started, we, we decided to do Wachuma. I was in, I've done ayahuasca um, a few years back and it was an incredible experience. And by, you know, the commitment I have to being as conscious of a mother, of a mother as I can possibly be, whatever that means today or tomorrow, um, to you and your sister meant that when you proposed Wachuma to me, I was like, sure. I'll do it for sure. And when I watched you do it, because um, I had never seen it um, done, I was so touched by the care and love you were giving yourself mm. during the, the, the early part of that ceremony. And I was incredibly touched to witness you being so willing to move to a higher level of consciousness with me for us for our family um how could i possibly say no to such an experience right and then and then uh, we had an incredible day i actually lived um the experience with you it you was know, so weird it was very strange because i i felt high when she felt high and i hadn't taken what Shuma that day we had yeah. decided to do it separately natasha started it i held space for you 
I watched you. I was there with you, whatever, whenever you wanted to talk, I was there. If you wanted to do something else, whatever. Um, and it was really strange to almost feel, I was so connected to you. I am so connected to you that I could feel the experience somehow. And then I did it last Sunday and it was, um, it was so incredible to have access to clarity without any filters, any fear, any, any holding back um, of any sort that it's like having this direct access to um, a space of truth. And I could see my mom in the way she is. I could see you and, and your sister I could see my work. I could see everything that we, we, that I or we needed to see with immediate access. Like it wasn't, I remember you were asking me questions and I was like answer, answering like super quickly. Like mm-hmm. normally I'm like, I would take a little bit of step back. I would think about the answer. I'm like mm-hmm. having access to, you know, no, it was like instantaneous. And for me, just the choice of doing this for us is, is a gift. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's an honor. Yeah. And I think it's really, like I said at the beginning, I feel like it's really our duty to be able to help others Mm -hmm. transcend their relationship to even when they think they've done the work, you know? Yes. Go on. And, and I want to add that when I started my journey in my, in, in, in my inner work um, seven years ago, I understood at that point that as a parent, it is not because I'm a parent that I have the mm. answers. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at you and your sister as my teachers. And mm-hmm. some of the things that we were, some of the experiences we had in our lives, some of the circumstances, some of whatever, I then understood that we, we have been connected before in past lives. We have been very close because we, we have a very deep closeness today. And whatever has happened was meant to happen because you are here and I am here. We, we are here in this space, in these bodies today to support each other, love each other, learn from each other. So, and today, you know, sometimes we have this habit now of asking each other if when we talk, like, do you want me to be the mom and answer you? Or do you want me to be the coach and give you feedback? Or who do you need me to be in this moment for you? We've taken on this habit, right? Because it's easy for us to like crisscross in terms of, right? But Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really, really big, part for any parent to understand that our children teach us as much as we teach them we are in this life together because we've chosen each other Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. and i think it's it's there's there's no coincidence there's no like Mm -hmm. how many how many times have we felt you know even there was a past life that you keep bringing up about the fact that you were, I was the mom or something, or we were really close and you had died in my arms. 
um, in that past life. And there's always been this type of fear of losing you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and it's like, like just thinking about it. It's like, I don't even want to think about it. And I know, and we've spoken about even the fact that when it's going to happen, because let's be real, we'd be stupid to not acknowledge that in the first place, because death is a beautiful transition of life. Um, I think you're going to be another whole teacher for me in like a way that Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not ready <laughs> no. no we have a lot to experience before yes. that but yeah, what I'm like what I'm saying is like okay <clears throat> what I'm saying is that it's so interesting that I already feel that um oh there's a presence with me I just saw it oh wow that's so funny yeah there's maybe a presence it's with my me. dad maybe actually, um, or maybe it's future you somewhere here. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but it's, um, it's very interesting how I already know that once you're, you transcend into something else that you're still going to be a massive catalyst in my life for mm -hmm. my own growth and to raising consciousness. Cause that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. So our, every parent, every sibling, every, partner every person we have in our life have all had a massive role even if they've been a week within your life or 30 years mm -hmm. you guys have all soul contracts we have soul contracts with these people before we choose to come in this lifetime on mm -hmm. this earth mm -hmm. especially in a time like this where we're experiencing and literally the birthing of a new world mm -hmm. but what has been the thing that you've learned the most? Even, you know, I think I personally think like the last three weeks has been the most growth we have been through in such a short amount of time. If we really look at it, because we've, we've come to the surface with a lot. I explained mm -hmm. it briefly, what was happening, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. we were arguing, there was resentment, there was question, there was fighting, there was mirroring, there was, you know, all this crap. Mm -hmm. And we were like, what the hell's happening? And so I guess even during your, after your Wachuma trip, like what came, what came true to you? What was, what was clear to you after that? Um, the importance of <clears throat> detachment, learning detachment, um, and, and how that allowed me to not, and it's a practice, huh? because there are moments where I was a little triggered. Um, well, yeah. But it was, yeah, of course. And, but for me, I kept reminding myself that whatever you're going through, it is a necessary step and it's not about me. And just removing myself uh, from the equation in terms of, you know, carrying you through the next restructure of, of, that part of our relationship just like you had to do work as well in removing your in removing um, me as someone you were caring sometimes mm. in and it's not even like you right? asked me like I I want to make that clear I think a lot of no. people actually experience this of I think it's very common that we it's it's one of our ways that we think we will receive love let me carry you so that I can receive love right. And I'm the one who taught you this. So it was something that I learned how to love. So automatically I modeled it 
to mm-hmm. you for your entire life. And it's really recently that I've really also, I mean, it's been a long, long, long process, but it's really recently that I've managed to feel better with it and, and be able to look at it, observe it from a distance and, and, and allow you to be you, whatever you need to do, me being me, understanding that, you know what, who I was when you were seven years old is not who I am today. Mm-mm. And I, did I had this, to make peace with that. Right. And I had to make peace with you, you know, hearing you express pain because as a parent, which you don't know yet what, what that's like, but we, we, it's so easy to go into guilt and defense mm. and justification and going, well, oh, but, 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 you know, and for me to be able to simply hear and not interject with you with my shit was I couldn't have done this six months ago. I really couldn't Mm -hmm. have done this six months ago. So Mm -hmm. it was a divine time for sure. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I know your sister at some point is going to (laughs) come in, you know, in our picture and, and, you know, um, want to do some healing um and that will be whenever she decides mm-hmm. whenever her soul no whenever her soul decides and i think it also helps a lot like not to pump my own tires but like when i was sharing all that stuff with you like i fully came to acceptance that it was my experience like mm-hmm. i'm not here to blame like i was mm-hmm. like i'm just here to share so that you can help me heal. I can help you heal. But you know, like what I was telling you the other day is like, you know, I think part of my entire process was to learn how to be able to heal without specifically, like there was some times where I shared with you and other times I chose to do it on my own so that it's, and it's not coming from a place of, I can do it alone. It was just because I knew deep down that I had to learn how to handle and transcend these experiences with you, knowing that it wasn't you and it was my experience so that I'm also able to teach it to others. Because like I said, a lot of people cannot do this work with their parents. So we're mm-hmm. here. It's all nice and dandy. And we're like, hey, look at our fucking yeah. relationship. We've been fucking awesome. But it's like, mm-hmm. hey, a lot of people don't have this blessing. So we can be that example, but also take in the lessons that can be transferred and integrated into somebody else's life who doesn't have even their mom in the world, like physically, like maybe mm-hmm. they've, she's passed or their father, same thing. Like mm-hmm. how can one do the work when they don't have that conscious parent? I think um, as I decided with my mom because my my mom as much as I love her and cherish her and honor her for who she is um, is not doing that work with me and I chose to accept again it took me a long long time to understand that you know um, she she can be she can show up to the best of her ability with the tools she has 
today. And interestingly enough, um, she was really curious about our experience because we, right. I talked to her about it, right? Which I thought was really cute. Just that curiosity. She was asking me a million questions. She wanted to hear mm. what it felt like, what it was like, what, what you were like, um, a bunch of questions. She never went into, what did you see about me? I think mm. she knows we have this, this unspoken understanding that we forgive we have forgiven each other yeah i have forgiven her and mm -hmm. you know i don't know if she needs to forgive me for anything maybe she does but i know she does i don't know what she does about but i know she yeah. does and even though i didn't understand growing up what an unconditional love really meant I still believe that my mom gave me all that she could with what she had in terms of love and I took it I did what I needed to do with it and then I expanded it that was mm -hmm. my choice because I really wanted to elevate and just you know see get out of the of the pain. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to get out of the pain that I was feeling with the type of love we had, her and I. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, even though, um, well, I just had random flashes, okay, of like Ram Dass and whatever it is, or I keep saying whatever it is, whatever it isn't, because it doesn't really matter. I think a reason why a lot of people tend to suffer about their own circumstances with their parents is what it wasn't instead yeah. of what it is. And yeah. like, how can we accept, and we talk about this very much you and I lately, and how can we accept these people um, knowing that they have a divine purpose just as they are mm -hmm. right here, right mm -hmm. now, today, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Mami, the way that she was, it wouldn't have mm -hmm. led you to where you're at today. Like Absolutely. none of it. Yeah. And it's really, it can be I, the, the first thing I hear it, but it's really hard and it's going, yeah, but the mind is telling you that it's really hard. So you have to choose. It's, and a big, big yeah. part of, of Ram Dass's teachings that I, you know, how much I love him, but mm -hmm. um, what he often teaches is that, or is it him or I don't know, it might be somebody else at this point now that I think about it, but this person had said that you cannot ascend, you cannot transcend. Actually, I would love to know the difference of both words. <laughs> okay I think about anyways so mm -hmm. you cannot go into that space if you mm -hmm. do not heal and cut the toxic relationships and perspectives whether they're conscious or subconscious towards anybody in your life right you cannot go there and when I read that I was like oh fuck like now here we go who do I need to cut off <laughs> yeah and like it's not cutting off this is what I think also a lot of people forget is like Yes, you don't need to do the healing directly with your family member. You also don't need to cut them off. You also no. don't owe them anything, which is, I think, is a very strong aspect to recognize because there are a lot of people that were born in very toxic families. And yes. hey, if it doesn't serve you one bit, don't be in that space. You don't, it's a choice. It really is a choice. Yeah. yeah. Because I, yeah. Um, you know, do you know, do you follow the holistic psychologist on Instagram? Probably not. No. 
So she, her background, um, I forget her name, but her background, she was explaining briefly in a podcast, which I thought was so interesting. She comes from a very different type of family. And at a certain point in her own healing journey, they were very toxic. And so she chose to not talk to them and they could understand, but she was like, I need to do this for me. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with you. Yeah, exactly. Just like my decision to move to California out of Montreal, where we had a home, where our home was your home. It was like the, you know, the home and the decision to sell, liquidate my life, jump off my cliff, recreate my life, move to California where I know no one and, um, and, and I'm by myself was a decision where most people we're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you going so far? And I know that there was a time where you and your sister were looking at me like a little worried for me, right? I think there was concern. And I don't remember You don't that, remember that? Really? Okay. So I, oh, maybe I think I was more excited for you. Really? Oh, okay. So I then projected, but, um, Glad I just, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but it, it's it's the thing that we need to come back to here with the, your point and and the illustration of of your point with this California story, is that nobody creates your life. You are in charge of your life. You are in charge of the way you respond and not react. You're re, re, you're responsible for the way that you, the vibration of your life is lived by you and therefore you know experienced by others around you you are the sole owner of that experience and if you choose to sometimes not talk to certain people for a certain amount of time because you need to expand and breathe and and just work it out for yourself then it doesn't have to be violent just like your expression of what was painful for you in your past, you had to tell me and express to me, didn't have to be violent, didn't have to Mm -mm. be angry. And what Chuma was a beautiful tool because it's a heart opener. And it, it, it's, it was done through love. So cutting off, a lot of people believe that cutting off someone or something has to be angry and violent and just that image you know cutting off i think that's like that's like the matrix way the three exactly it's three day that's the only yeah it's the only way that like the brain knows how it's it's also being taught to us and conditioned by by us and here we're moving into a little bit of my world in terms of you know our conditioning societal and familial conditioning up until this point has been extremely masculine it's been this masculine energy um of of doing which is linear which is exclusive you cut things off in order to move to something else it doesn't need to be mm-hmm. it can be done you know lovingly and lovingly and it can be transitioned with grace and dignity but, and that's the thing like sorry i'm getting a huge ping ping it's like we have to really remember that whatever is there that is being experienced as an emotion, as an experience in general, has an own frequency. You cannot destroy this frequency. You can only transmute it and, and change it. It's always exactly. been there. It's always going to be there. It's a matter of transmuting into something different. And so it's up you to have you, the choice. Right, exactly. It's up to you, up to us to choose that, transmute it. So it doesn't have to be actually adding to the, the, to the world's already 
fullness of shit vibration and shit frequencies mm-hmm. of fear and anger and you know right now that's what we're experiencing we're experiencing mm-hmm. a lot of fear a lot of anger from people around the world it is up to us to choose how to move the needle mm-hmm. of this world little by little by choosing the frequency we live by every day and mm-hmm. it's really simple one of my teachers or well, two of my teachers are are David R Hawkins who you love and also Gary Zukav and, and the third one you know Marian Williamson and they they all make it so simple it's love or fear it's very simple mm-hmm. two choices and things so what do you live by today mom love or fear love and you when should. i have fears yes mm-hmm. when i have fears i'm i I use them as a GPS. I use them to come back to what is it that I need to learn through that fear? Mm-hmm. You know, what is that fear showing me? What is that fear teaching me? And, mm-hmm. and I might not get it like instantaneously within the next five minutes, but I honor it mm-hmm. and, and I'm aware and I know where it sits in my body um, mm-hmm. when I'm in fear or, um, and in fear can be, you know, just that uncertainty of knowing, you know, what the next step is or feeling a little bit um, hesitant is also fear, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so moving forward, what are the things that you can say I've taught you the most and then I'll share mine about you? the thing that you've taught me the most or it could be things like just like in general what what have mm. i i guess shown you because mm. if we're if we're both great teachers for each other then yeah i'm trying to decide <laughs> um, <laughs> there's just so many <laughs> um I think that with you, the, the biggest one is that come back to honoring you, meaning me, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you've developed great strength on that from, again, the fears that you had, the wobbliness you had, and, um, and the honoring of the body. So coming back to me by honoring my body mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't know how to honor. And that really came through for you through pain, through your, mm-hmm. experiencing, your experiences about your body and how you know, it was part of what you experienced when you were a little girl and you shared with me like, you know, um, about how could I not see that you were in pain and, and, and I didn't see it in that way. And today you combine, it's so interesting because, you know, I've always been into herbs and homeopathy and because I inherited, inherited that from not only your, um, your great grandfather on my mom's side was a homeopath, regular okay. doctor, but homeopath, right? And my dad um, was, um, uh, you know, a health freak, like a health freak. Mm-hmm. So I was brought up without 
um, eating candy and it, it didn't bother me, but it was not allowed in my house. Mm. And, and so I raised you two with, you know, by reading labels, like I was making my own baby food and, you know, eating was sacred in the way that it had to be healthy. And yet, even with all of that, I still didn't teach you some honor of the, the body as a woman, for instance. And I think it's, I know it's a residue of me not knowing how to honor my body in a way that you honor your body in such a deep, um, connected way. Um, yeah, I mean, my past, the, the, the anorexia, bulimia was definitely a big, a big, uh, symptom of me not knowing how, and it's not like I really learned that before you really got deeper into it. Mm. And actually it was one of your triggers here in the last three weeks is you thought that I wasn't respecting your opinion in some of the stuff you were showing me, telling me about how I should or want to honor my body better. Mm. And, and it woke me up. I was like, oh, I, yeah, okay. It was like another reminder of, oops, yes, here I am doing it again. I'm just, you, you're, you're saying it in a different way. So I'm just trying to understand what you were, what you're trying to say. So you're just referring back to the time that I was kind of getting annoyed that I was like doing all that I could to help you come back into a vibrant health and energy. And then I felt like you weren't honoring that. And like, you were just kind of like taking it lightly, right? That's what we're talking about. Yes. Yes. But okay. I wasn't okay. taking it lightly. It just had no, I registered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I okay. was behaving in ways that made you feel that, you know, I wasn't listening. I was listening, but then, but still nonetheless, bottom line is honoring the body and how it speaks to us and how we need, we are in charge of nourishing it in so many different ways, whether it's, mm -hmm. it's meditation, um, what we eat, how, what we ingest, um, it's how, what is the energy we cook with? You mm -hmm. know, all of that, you are a constant reminder and a great teacher for me to remember. Because I know the, the emotional so, aspects too, I think, eh? Oh, for the sure. The emotional aspects in the body. Well, I think that's what you meant, but just to like yeah. bring it more clearly. Yeah. I think I remember when I first remember when I first got here, like literally the day after, I was like, we're sitting down and we're talking about the consciousness in the body and we're bringing it back. Okay. I like, I remember on my way over in the plane, I literally spent the entire, I mean, it wasn't forced at all. It was actually super downloaded, like. I wrote like six pages full, like massive pages of just information as to how I can strategically teach how to bring you back into a vibrant, energetic embodiment so that, because I knew the physical symptoms you were experiencing, I'm like, this is not, this is not what you think. I'm like, you're scared of it. So valid, but there's deeper things to this here. Let me, yeah, let me so, teach you. And I, and I feel like I, I have to say, like, I'm honoring you right now, but I've, I've said it before to you, but of the fact that you even allow me to teach you because you're no longer in the space of authority where it's like, I'm the parent. I know better. My kid doesn't like you. We've transcended that. 
Oh, a long um, time ago, actually. Yeah. Right. So like now you're so open and you're like, Ooh, tell me more. And I'm like, yeah. great. Like lo- would love to. Yeah. So. And yeah. what I was experiencing that you're helping me with concretely, let's mention that it's my hypothyroidism, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, so I am wanting to wean my body off the, the bio identical um, T3 hormone I'm taking for my, um, my thyroid. And mm-hmm. also um, I tend to, I tend to um, diminish the importance even though I know, because I know, uh, I get yeah. caught into the work I do. I love so much. It's like, oh, let me write more and do this and that. And then I get caught up in time and I don't see time. And then I haven't eaten enough. And then I experience a low in energy. And, and you're like, woman, <laughs> what is wrong with you? You need mm-hmm. to take the time. And you've made me, uh, and by the way, I need to make this official because it's, it's something I love so much. I love when you make me smoothies and I mm-hmm. love when you make me teas and I love the, the, the juices you make like these are made. Wow. I feel when you do that for me, it's such a gift, such a gift. Yay. Yeah. It's really <laughs> cool. I love it. So I think what you've taught me so far the most is, I mean, there's a few aspects for sure. We've spoken about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think very strongly is like, how did, how did we choose to live our lives? And I've, oh, I think I've always kind of been, I've had to like struggle with it at certain points for sure, but I've never been the normal kid right? Like, I think everybody kind of is in that space too. Everybody thinks that that they're like that because it makes us feel special and the ego loves loves to feel feel special. So maybe that's the case for everybody. But I really felt like I remember going to school and like having all the healthy food and everybody has Dunkaroos and I'm like, please, I'll change my carrots (laughs) for some sugar. (laughs) Like, uh, and I just, I just remember not like being a kid who has a dad who's a pilot. So I'd go away for the weekend to France or like, um, you know, just different things like that where I, or having the French accent from France and I used to get made fun of, like, I just, I remember having so many different things that weren't normal, I guess, to Andrew. where I was at in that, mm-hmm. in that environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what you've, I think what it, what it has implemented in my life is that no matter what, we're never going to be the normal people. Like we're never going to be the ones who conform. We're never going to be the ones who choose to live by according to other people's wants and needs like and it's funny because it's what we think we've struggled with the most right but it's at the same time it's so maybe it's not as bad as you think because at this point look at us yeah but it's 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 really like I really remember when That's we were cool. even talking mm-hmm. about me coming here and COVID and everything and there was you know at first it was all excitement and love and then there was like the worry and then I remember reminding us each other of how have we lived our lives so far for 27 years so far? How have we chosen to live our lives? We've never conformed. We never will conform. We've never chosen to imagine (laughs) if we lived in fear, we would never be where we're, where we're at today. We're both self-employed. We're both free. 
We're both continuously growing. We're both expanding exponentially. Mm -hmm. We're both in this path of, Mm -hmm. I think it is least resistance, funny enough, because we keep reminding ourselves of that. But I think we are in that space or else we wouldn't be where we are today. Exactly. It's really following your own, your own um, drumbeat. Yeah, your own genius and embracing it um, to its fullest. And it's a process, you know, it's, I mean, who, how I embrace me today is, is still, it's still a process and it Mm. is yet completely different than the way I embraced myself 10 years ago, even five years ago, right? Even yesterday. Or even yesterday. So it's a constant evolution of really um, enjoying who you are and not reducing ourselves just living it up living Mm. it up as much as possible and choosing joy choosing joy all the time I think that's it sounds like such a cliche but it's such work uh well I think also that could be a limiting belief like I think I think living in joy is a choice and whether you think that's hard or not, that's completely up to you. Yeah, I just said that though. It's it's a complete choice. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah. Okay, okay. It, yeah, I think sorry, our commu- I, I misheard that. It's our communication. It's funny we jump. keep communicating. Yeah, and and maybe we just keep using different words to saying the same thing. But yeah. okay, to finish what I've learned also from you, um, which I don't think you're expecting this, but I'm I'm getting like the the kind of trigger even from just last night when we we're on the beach. And you were telling me how for once in your life, you're finally experiencing seeing your age. And I think you look so fuck. And people tell me all the time, it's not just me. Like, I'm not just saying that as a daughter, but you've never let your age define you ever, Mm -hmm. ever. (laughs) Like literally never fucking once in my life have I ever seen you stoop down to the basic bitch level of hey I'm 40 and there goes my life like you're like I'm 40 and I look fucking awesome you know I'm 40 and I want to live it up (laughs) yeah that's exactly what you did and I feel like there's so many moms out there that are like you know how it is like I'm a mom now there it goes oh my god it's like yeah uh and so many like and so many women um you know I'm 55 now and so many women who unfortunately, sadly, just are single and then believe that, you know, they have limited choices and therefore mm. reduce themselves to like fitting into relationships and stuff that just don't um, work for them. Yeah. What else would you like to say about healing a relationship as to where it's at today? because we're going to wrap it up soon, but I'm excited to, I'm excited to, I'm excited to continue exploring and being open to whatever is meant to come our way. Mm -hmm. Well, we never expected that's for sure. So yeah, a little break would be nice. You know, three weeks of heavy shit was a lot, but uh, (laughs) we'll take it. We've dealt with it. We've done it. And I think at this point in time, it's, it's, you know, even before all this, we thought we were <laughs> all healed and stuff. And it was like, guys, <laughs> like there's yeah. never, there's never, it's never ending, you know? And 
as long as we can unconditionally accept each other, whatever you're experiencing, whatever I'm experiencing as an individual and like even just within the last 24 hours, you're, you're going through something and I caught myself kind of like feeling the need to hold your shit in order to help you. And like, that's not even the way because there I am being at the service of myself to myself. Therefore, I can't even be a service to you. So just compassionately listening mm-hmm. and just not judging, not pointing fingers, not telling you what to do, what not to do, asking questions here and there, but mm-hmm. I'm not like in need to hold in order to be loved because that was a big subconscious thing that I had for, I didn't even know I had it, like mm-hmm. genuinely did not know I had it. And I think mm-hmm. that was one way I thought I, 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 I was deserving of love was to hold other people's gunk mm-hmm. so that they could owe me love. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't, and then we become resentful. And then I don't get it. And then I'm like, well, I don't get it according to what I think is the way it's supposed to be received. And then, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, what the fuck? And then they're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And then I lose my shit because I'm like, and then I lose my shit. <laughs> and then you lose your shit because I lose my shit. We all lose our shit. And then the dogs lose their shit. And we all lose our crap altogether. It's a great time. It's a great party of shit. Yeah, that was a lot of swearing. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, yeah. we, we don't filter. Nope. I remember a time where you were like, stop swearing. And I was like, no, this is well, my way of expressing well, myself. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's bring context. Like, stop swearing when we've got people that are coming to our space. <laughs> I just didn't care, mom. You've taught me not to care. And I was, well, not, not to not care, but I was just like, right. you know what? I'm going to be me. And this is, this is, this is part of my Leo fiery, passionate self. Obviously I I had to learn how to, uh, I want to say transmute it because it was, it, the energy back then compared to where it is now was very different, but back then it was the energy of anger. Um, now it's the energy of faithfulness. So, and um, that's what I was, right. Yeah. And that's what I was telling Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like that goes back to even the thing I shared on Instagram that I love so much lately of the 30%, when you communicate 30% is words and 70% is energy. You could say the same shit and the energy is so different. It will literally portray in a whole other way just because of what you're holding on. Um, and that's, I've learned that very much. I remember even 12 years old, like being not really with you, but mostly with dad, where I was very sarcastic because it's a way that humans express their anger. And I had no idea, like literally not a single fucking clue. Like I knew I was pissed off, but like, I didn't know that it was like the way that I was trying to communicate my anger and my pain. And like that is another reason to another way that is really allowed me to realize like he's not a conscious parent. I love him to death. And I'm finally in a space where I can like, I see him and I'm like, I, I love you so much just as you are. Like I wouldn't change anything. And I know that if you don't like, he's, he's very smart and he's wise and he's, he's aware, um, but just chooses not to do the work. And that's completely fine. That is so not up to me, whether he does it or not, you know? And last year was mostly the time that I did a lot of healing towards him and I've shared little pieces here and there with him and it was very gracefully because I wasn't emotionally charged I was I had done the work 
prior to that, those conversations with him. And every one of those conversations were so taken with lightness. Like it, there was no resent the resentment, not, there was no, nothing. It was just like, Oh, okay. You feel that way. And my dad at the core, if you bring up anything that's very sensitive, that's very emotional, it can be very triggering. So to me, I was like, oh my God, I'm actually able to do the work without having him specifically. So it was so interesting that I had that with dad and this completely different with you, where it was like fully one-on-one. And then dad was just kind of like, I'm recognizing that I have to do this on my own and I'm okay with that. If that will bring us in a, in a healthier relationship, then great. And that's exactly what it has done, where now our relationship is amazing and I don't depend on him for love. I don't depend on him for acceptance or um, I, I remember going to dad a lot for approval. Obviously, as a little mm-hmm. girl, you want your dad to approve mm-hmm. of how well you're doing. And, and the way that I was receiving love is through school, through work, through all, all the quote unquote success that you would have in life because that's all he knows. And, mm-hmm. and that's okay you know like I'm it's been so eye-opening to again like relating to what you were talking about with your relationship with Nani is that Mm -hmm. just acceptance willingness to accept Mm -hmm. them as they Mm -hmm. are and loving Mm -hmm. them and being aware that you know who the fuck are we to tell them what how to live or how to be like again going back to righteousness we're not like it is complete and all we can do is embody this high frequency for ourselves and this goes to everybody in the world like you and it just will embody, right? Yeah. And it will move their needle at some a little bit, oh, a little bit, because just a little bit. If you're you emotionally know? charged in this space, you guys have this connection, this energetic connection between the both of you, that literally is at the same frequency. So if you do the work to cut that frequency and to transmute it into a higher frequency, automatically, what two things that I've noticed can happen is the person will literally kind of start to freak out. They're going to feel the detachment and they're going to be like, wait, what's happening? So they're going to contact you. They're going to like literally reach out and be like, what? Because now they've literally let go of an energetic attachment to you or you've you've cut it off. So that Mm -hmm. can happen. And then there's another part where, of course, they elevate with you, where they kind of like literally the energy is just transmuted that automatically they elevate a little bit more and they're like, oh, oh, wow, this is great. This is so much, this feel, I feel more free. So then, but they don't even know what's happening, you know? Um, yeah, that's what I've really noticed. The two things that can really happen when, when we do the inner work for ourselves. So Mm. any last words? I feel like that was a small rampage, but yeah, before we we finish off, first of all, whoa, I want to thank you. I just like whip myself with my earphones. Um, I want to thank you for coming on, for sharing a little bit of our journey and Hopefully this has been like a, a good insightful episode for people and hopefully we were able to, yeah, share some insight and some mm-hmm. uh, navigation is the way I saw it actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But any last you. words you would like to share? Well, thank you for inviting me on your podcast. And oh my God, you're welcome. I know. And, and, um, yeah, I had two, two more moments of friendships together, of mom-daughter moments of, of um, soul-connected beings that we are, um, to infinity with you. And beyond. 
and beyond absolutely i love you i hate you (laughs) (laughs) i love you so much it's been such a it's been a roller coaster of emotions but it's been there's no other person i'd rather do this with that's for sure it's true Mm. and i'm very 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 lucky to have even though you didn't you weren't conscious quote unquote for the first part of my life you know even where we're at today like it's it's kind of humbling to remember and and realize where we're at you know the fact that you have here a home in california and i have my home in montreal and i come here whenever i want well except for covid rules but anyways <laughs> um, but all in all just like just being where we're at today you know and choosing and having such freedom like it's such a gift to me mm. like i've really like i think we've both really chosen to create our lives around freedom oh absolutely freedom is huge and it's a breath of fresh air Mm. and i'm excited to see what what comes forward because i know i know every time that we do healing work there's we're not creating space for new Mm. for better for a higher consciousness to come through so yay to us yay to us (laughs) (laughs) Mm. thanks mama bear for coming on And, uh, I mean, I'll see you in two seconds downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Giving you a virtual hug before I give you an actual hug. Oh, I love you so much. Thank you, baby girl. I love you. Bye. Bye.